from Television City in Hollywood. Boy, the way Glenn Miller plays. Hey everyone, welcome to All on the Podcast. This week we are doing Season 1, Episode 12, Success Story. And according to the description on IMDb, this episode is about Archie's old buddy, Eddie Frazier, who has amassed a fortune in the used car trade. However, Eddie's quest for money comes at a huge price. His estranged family wants nothing to do with him. So... Where do we begin with this one? So I, what I, let me just, let me just start this off with, this is the first episode that I saw that I didn't like. Like, this was the first one that I was like, you know what, this is kind of a shitty episode. And, and then I was waiting to rewatch it with you because we rewatched them all before. And uh, now I get it. Now I like this episode a lot. Like now it's like, now it's like probably higher on my list, actually. Like, I don't know. I really like it. I think it was really interesting and I think it captured something of my childhood that I found really interesting about like when my parents had friends over about my parents ideals about the generational gap that exists between my me and my like older family members yeah I think I felt you know? exactly yeah I think I felt exactly the same way um I also find this episode amusing because so this is an episode in which a bunch of um Archie's old army friends come uh-huh. to visit and they're all so ugly. They're so ugly and like awful and those like weird suits. Pimp suits. They, they're dressed like oh. pimps. I mean, you could tell this is like their night, you know, like they haven't gone out in weeks probably. Yeah, this is, they need a little bit of queer eye. They need some queer eye. Oh my God, don't talk about queer eye. I can't, you just brought up queer eye. You're triggering me. I know, I'm the triggering you. Right you, you looked at me and you were like, I'm going to trigger this piece of shit right now. I know, that was on my agenda for this. That can't. was on my gay agenda for this. My week. issue with queer eye, the reboot, is Ant- Anthony. It's just Anthony. Like, I love it. I think it's great. Like, I mean, I do, like, I love Jonathan. I love Tan. Bobby does the most and no, gets no credit. And then Anthony literally teaches them how to make guacamole from a tasty recipe. And he's just like, everyone's like, oh my God. God, I'm like, okay, like, enough. <laughs> it's not even a tasty recipe. Like, you know how tasty it's, has those subsets that's like tasty one pot, tasty yeah. one Oh, minute. yeah. That's like a tasty 30-second recipe for it someone was, to make if you are so inept. And he's so ripped and, like, beautiful, and he's just like, I just love cheese. I'm like, you haven't eaten cheese since 2004. I fucking can't with you. He wears a Strokes t-shirt in every single fucking episode, <laughs> a different Strokes t-shirt, and in every episode, I'm like, you don't listen to the Strokes. Like, you never, like, name a Strokes song. I know, and I also think that they're all kind of the worst people because they always... They kind of are, except first... Tan. I think Tan and Bobby are really good. I don't know. I have sympathy for none of them. They oh my all God. Spend, they all spend the first five minutes of every episode hashing out their client. They like, they'll go to the person's house. They'll be like, oh my God, this house is so disgusting. They go this through the everything. Ugl- this is the ugliest house I've ever seen. Oh my God, you look like a Yeti. And then when their client is like, yeah, well, you know, I called you guys because uh, I'm feeling a little self-conscious or whatever. They're like, you need to stop using that language that disqualifies yourself. <laughs> you really need to believe in yourself. And I'm just like, you all need to go fuck yourself. And then they you cut- are all just making fun of him. And then they literally cut to face. an Antoni confessional where he's just like I just love he also does this weird sultry voice in all of his confessionals where he's like I just love being able to bring two people together and then he winks like he does like a half wink with his right eye and he's like nothing makes me happier than that and I'm like why do you talk like that? Why do you talk like that? We're talking about, like, fucking cheese right now. He makes hot dogs for them in the last episode, and I was, like, so triggered. He makes hot dogs with honey mustard and, like, some weird Dijon thing, and he's just like, isn't that the best hot dog you've ever had in your life? And the firefighter's just like, 
Yeah, it's a hot dog. And then he made, he like, they do a fundraiser and they charge $5 for a hot dog. And at first, Anthony's like, we should charge $4 because it's definitely a $4 hot dog. And then he makes a firefighter taste it. And he's like, you know what? Actually, it's pretty good. It's a $5 hot dog. I'm like, ah, also, it makes me so mad. Also, the goal of the Fabulous Five team is to improve everyone's life. Like hot dogs are the least healthy no, thing. No, what you are can you ingest. doing? They are so bad for you. He also, the grapefruit avocado salad, I almost had a panic attack. Yeah, okay, I had to we, stop we watching go, Yeah, we can go on about this I'm for gonna, so I'm going to lose my mind. Anyway, um, the yeah, Fab they, Five. They, they all needed a little bit of queer eye. What if the Fab Five were Archie's friends? Like, Archie was Antony. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and, like, the twins were, like, Karamo and Bobby. <laughs> yeah, they... But Eddie Frazier would... Eddie Frazier is probably Antony, actually, because he's the worst. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, anyway, so the whole thing of this episode, they spend a lot of time in the beginning of this episode just talking about nonsense, and I'm like... I that, that's probably why I didn't like it the first time I watched it because they spent a lot of time with this whole envelope thing and like Edith just talks about this envelope thing and how she worked for two weeks and then they're talking about like college dropouts for like a long time and then all of a sudden they get this gift and then another gift and it's like there's it also a long time thing, to get into and that was a question that I had in my notes is right there's a lot of exposition in this episode and I don't know how necessary all of the exposition was but I'm trying to assume significance so there's Archie comes in and he says that he got stopped for jaywalking and he was given a ticket and yes. we know that this is a problem for him because again Archie the bunkers are already a lower middle class family. They don't make a lot of money and they are kind of living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. So you know that this is a big deal for them, especially to get fined over something as benign as jaywalking. And I think that that might have been significant because what I noticed about this episode and all the other episodes that we've watched together in this season is that Norman Lear and the writers of the show are very creative in exposing the hypocrisy of conservative logic. Yes. They're very good at getting Archie to impl getting Archie and his values to implode. In yes. every single episode, they trick him into betraying his values, even though he'll never admit it or open up. Right. Or, even though um, he still doesn't change yeah. at the end. He's like at the there's always a tag where he's just like, I'm still Archie Bunker, fuck it. But he's still like they've still fucked him up in this episode. Exactly. Yeah. And part of that exposition is that Gloria, Mike, and Edith are are sealing envelopes and they're sending out letters and petitions for a free clinic in the neighborhood, I uh -huh. think, right? Yeah, yeah. So they, yeah, they're advocating for a free clinic and of course Archie comes down and he sees this and he complains. And you'll note that he doesn't say, he doesn't complain about his tax dollars being used to support teenage dropouts. He says, in my day, we had to pay for the clinic. Like, why should they get something for free? He like flat out admits that he's jealous. Like he doesn't want, he doesn't want someone who, you know, didn't go through what he went through to get something for right, free which when is he such, did it. I have such a problem with that because like my parents will use that shit all the time on me. They'll be like, you know, in my day, you know, in Greece, we had to do this and this and that. And I'm like, didn't you move to America to like not have me do the same things that you did? Like, do you want me to be you? I'll be you. Like, I'll do it. But like, what do you want from me exactly? It's that push and pull of like, okay, well, I'm not doing things the way that you were raised and now I'm doing things differently but you also want me to like do the same things but also not I'm like what do you want what do you really what did you come to this country for what do you want me to do yeah I, I mean that's the baby boomer paradox is that our parents deliberately deliberately raised us so that we wouldn't have to face the same hardships that they did as kids but want us to and face the same hardships they, they want us to face the same hardships and they complain about how spoiled we are because we didn't face the same hardships right and I'm like well it's not my fault you gave me a Game Boy Color and then a Game Boy Advance and then a Game Boy SP in the same month like it's not my fault exactly <laughs> I was six 
I had no self-control. Right, like the fucking participation trophy oh, argument. Yeah. Like, I hate that. Like, God, if we knew what a big fucking deal they were going to make about these participation trophies, I didn't want one to begin with. Like, yeah. Uh, everyone knew that a participation a, a participation trophy was completely useless. And The only trophy I ever wanted was at my birthday parties when it was my birthday at, bowl, at the bowling alley. Remember the Mark Lanes, yes. Maple Lanes? They would give the birthday boy, like... A trophy, right? But they would also give the person that won a trophy too, and I would be like, "No, no, no! I want my fucking birthday trophy." That was the only trophy I ever wanted. Exactly. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. So in, ex- in exposing that kind of right, um, oh, yeah, in exposing that kind of um, conservative hypocrisy. So Archie, you know, bitches and moans left and right about how rich people should be allowed to keep their money, and you know they don't they don't have to pay they shouldn't have to pay for teenage dropouts and derelicts to College do whatever dropouts, they want, yeah. so on and so forth. And then he gets a gift basket with really expensive scotch and like the and best cigars. cheeses and cigars. He gets this really really lavish gift basket from his friend who is a millionaire, and Archie accepts it like no questions asked he's like great like this is wonderful i'm so glad i have this gift this gift basket so clearly he has no problem with the wealth being spread as long as it's being spread to him right he lauds his friend for sharing the wealth and giving and sending him a basket and he doesn't even thank him and that's another hypocritical thing is that archie says you know these college dropouts and these so ungrateful they're so ungrateful then he receives this basket from his wealthy friend and it's just he's like not cool. Yeah, yeah, this is what Eddie he, he Frazier acts, does. Yeah. Exactly. He acts like he's entitled to it. So here's a lower class, uh, uh, sorry, here's a lower middle class man accepting a donation, accepting something generous from someone in the upper class, someone who is rich. No questions asked. He's happy about it. So clearly Archie has no problem accepting, um, you know, the, the spread the free of free clinic. Love. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> accepting that free clinic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also, and then so after that, they get the gift basket, Eddie Frazier calls, then he invites all his friends over, and Eddie Frazier comes in, and then they're all like, are just talking about how wealthy he is, he's $35 million, like he's, he's, he hangs out with Bob Hope, and then he, and then Eddie Frazier like has to go and like get, like, make a phone call, and he's calling his son, and you find out it's his son, and his son won't talk to him, his son hasn't talked to him in three years. And Mike overhears the conversation, like, the whole thing. And, like, at one point, Eddie Frazier's, like, even crying. And he's like, why won't my son talk to me? And then what does Mike ask him? Like, what, is, what does your son want from you? And he says he wants me to, be, he wants me to leave him the hell alone. Yeah, well, Eddie says, you know, that, that's my son. I could give him anything. And Mike goes, yeah, well, what does he want? Right. So, so we see, like, a lot of the same themes in Death of a Salesman in this episode. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, we have the emphasis on capitalism as the paragon, even though, again, ironically, when Mike and Archie are arguing at the onset of the episode, Archie, you know, insists, you know, he, he's on his soapbox and Mike says, well, you know, like, these are, these are the failings of our country and we should always be striving to improve the failings of our country. And then Archie says, and I think I wrote the quote down over here, he says it's the United States of America, not the perfect states of right. America. I mean, yeah, well, okay. I mean, like, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Well, I mean, that's, I don't even know where to begin with that because, first of all, this is the first time that he's ever admitted that America is not a perfect country. Right, and by admitting it, he, he's, he uses, like, that as an excuse, but it's also like you're still not doing anything. Like, you're proving Mike right. 
by also shutting him down. Well, usually, yeah. So usually it's Mike complaining about America's imperfections. And Archie says, America's great. If you don't like it, you can leave. Right. But in this case, Archie cites America's imperfections as a reason not to help anyone. Yeah. We have to be a flawed country. And that's how it is. And we should just leave it alone. I will say this is... This is like when when all his friends were over, they kept making jokes, and then Archie would pull Mike aside and explain the joke to him, and Mike would just laugh and then stop and like look like kind of at camera, like away from camera. And I was like, this is me pretending I was straight in my childhood. Like this was me. Oh, God. Because all my cousins were like so much older. Like I like I'm the youngest in my family by like ten years, and like all my uncles were older, and they would all like play like backgammon and like smoke and drink whiskey and like be cool. And they would, like, make all these jokes, and I'd be like, oh, my God, yes. Meanwhile, like, I would just go to another room and just, like, listen to Britney Spears. Like, that was me. I'm Michael. And cry. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was going to share a story that I had because, yeah, this is is very much how I feel whenever I have to sit in the room and entertain a conversation that my parents are having with their obnoxious idiot friends. Like, my, my parents had their friend over, I think it was a couple of years ago, because Donald Trump had not yet won. And they had a couple of friends over, um, you know, one of them was, his name was Big Dom and, Big you know, Dom. you know, they, they've always loved him. They always thought he was a character, always thought he was so funny. And they're just like, he's the funniest man ever. And you're going to sit here and you're going to appreciate his wit. So I sit down and I'm listening to him speak. And like, not only is he one of the dumbest people alive, but, and not only was the stuff he said, he was saying not funny, it was also heinous. <laughs> at one point, at one point, he was um, like he was like brandishing a 9/11 conspiracy theory. And like he, he was just like, he's like, yeah, if you look at the way that those planes hit the twin towers, like there's no way they could have fallen like that. And I'm like, oh my God, this is actually happening. And my parents are laughing, like uproarious laughter over this 9-11 conspiracy theory. They're like, oh, Dom, there's no one like you. And I'm sitting there like hoping that I would go into cardiac arrest so I could just be removed from the movie <laughs> as fully as possible. And then later on, he was, you know, saying something along the lines of like how um, he has no problem with the blacks, but... His, his, you know, he will never, he would never let his son date a black girl, mm-hmm. you know, verbatim. He's like, he's like, you know, I'll have a black person over my house. They can have dinner with my family, but they'll, I'll never let my son date a black girl. And I'm like, your son is also one of the stupidest people I've ever yeah, met in like, my entire <laughs> life. Like, I don't think that you're in any position to bargain here or, <laughs> yeah, to, be, or to like be picky and picking and choosing. Yeah. I mean, I remember we would, yeah, we would all, we would have people like that all the time over. And it was so funny because I would just... If we were all alone, if it was, wasn't was anybody over, I would just be like, no, you're all fucking wrong and just have a fit. But then when there's people over, it's like, you have to be on your best behavior. And it's like, ugh. It would get so, because a lot of, yeah, a lot of times it was like, just like gay bashing or just like, you know, saying like, oh, you know, we have to date only Greek people. And I'm like, this is like a, this is like such a like. There was a movie about how fucking ridiculous this is. Like, yeah. we shouldn't only marry Greek people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is ridiculous. Um, but it's funny because Eddie Frazier has all this money. He's $35 million rich. Like he hangs out with Bob Hope and all his friends are like, at, literally at one point they sing like he's a jolly good fellow to him. Like they look up to him so much. Like they're so excited to see him. Like this is like the biggest thing, like probably of their year. Like this is so cool. He represents everything they want. To exactly. Do. And then you turn around and you hear that phone call and he it the it's like what is success what defines success what what makes a person successful and and is it happiness is it what is it is it money and i think this episode is just like no it's just like your relationships and your happiness and your this 
And like you might think, like okay, he has thirty five million dollars, but that means nothing at the end of the day, right? Because he has no relationship with, with his, his son. son. He hasn't spoken to his and son. And that, that years. is part of the American dream, and that's part of the reason I drew that parallel to Death of a yeah. Salesman because he understands. I mean, clearly he loves his son. I'm not just saying that he's only using his son in order to vaunt his own success. No, but... I mean he offers his son five hundred dollars to talk to him for five minutes in person. That's yeah. like such a sad. And that his is son really is sad. still like, no, I don't want to see you. Like, that's such a sad... It's, it's honestly heartbreaking. I can't. And it's also a criticism in capital of capitalism in that you have to wonder... I think that the show implies or begs the question, um, you know, at what cost does wealth come? Right. So... Yeah, well, and, and, and Mike this, even yeah. says that at one point. He's like, "Well, he, he names some millionaire." And it's, well, he, he were, they're talking about Eddie Frazier before he arrives, and Mike is like, "Well, what has he done for the common man?" And Arch is like, "He doesn't just do anything for the common man. He pays taxes." And it's like, "Yeah, but what does he do?" You know what I mean? Like that's why my issue with like sometimes when celebrities get on their high horse when it comes to politics or social justice issues, I'm like, "I'm sorry, you have a fucking ranch, like." And you pay a million people to take care of your ranch because you have that much money. Like, I cannot sympathize with you. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, Cher, at a certain point, because her Twitter is, like, so political and she's always talking about, like, blah, 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 and, like, always tweeting at Trump and being like, you're an asshole. And, like, even that, I'm like, with Cher, I'm like, you live in Malibu, like, in a mansion. You have so much money. You're fucking Cher. But at least she tries to do something. Right. In a way, you know? Even Gaga, it's like she has the Born This Way Foundation. Like they, at least these people sometimes try. Whereas some people, you see people like Rose McGowan get on their high horse, and it's like, well, who the fuck have they helped? You know what I mean? What have they done? Right. And I think that the episode also and, implies and the, that his his wealth came at the cost of his relationship with his son. Right. I mean, chances are probably I mean, his wife too, because we don't hear anything about right. a wife. And I mean, you know, that, and that's probably I mean that's probably one of the ways that this epi- one of the ways by which this episode criticizes capitalism is that. Yeah, you can. Yes, like the American dream. You can live in America and you can become successful and you can be wealthy and you can have everything you want financially, but that comes at a cost. Like, so you are going to be sacrificing your nights and you are going to be sacrificing your days working like a dog so that you can make money. And as a result, you may have to forfeit your relationship with your children because you are not even your i mean it could be a lot of things it could be forfeit your relationship with your best friends and i mean he hasn't seen these guys in 25 years either you know it's not like his relationship with these guys is any stronger than it is with his son it's like he just bought archie you know a bunch of cigars and whiskey and jack daniels and you know he to buy his friendship pretty much which is another sad thing that he does and i think the only reason that he goes to see his friends and makes this plan with archie is to is for him to feel better about his relationship with a sun sucking. Cause like if they think he's successful and happy, then he thinks he's successful and happy. Yeah. And I also think that it's to buy time because when he's on the phone with his son, he says something like, you know, I've been in here in New York. I've been waiting for a phone call from you. I even had to call up some of my old friends. Like, yeah. I feel like he implies at some point that part of the reason he's even with them is just because he wants to get in touch with his son, but he needs to do something to buy his time yeah. while he's here. And it, what, what, another thing that's really sad is like, these people suck like they're not funny and even arch even edith like at one point like they hear that story the funny story about like how he like but the other guy met his wife and it's like the stupidest story in the world and even edith is just like 
cool, yeah, I have to go back to the kitchen because I don't want to hear your bullshit anymore, right. you know? Well, she, goes, she says, what an interesting way yeah. to tell the story. <laughs> what an interesting, yeah. I also loved, um, you know, side note, I also love when she meets Eddie and she's like, she's like, any millionaire friend of Archie <laughs> is welcome in this home. It's so real, though, because Archie, that is what Archie is. Like, that, I mean, Archie thinks of him. It's like, he's not he's your friend. He's your, just your friend that gives you a Christmas yeah. card and happens to have a lot of money, so it makes you feel good about yourself. I don't know. It's just so funny how these people sucked so hard because they were just like, it kind of is like my parents' friends sometimes. Like you meet them and they tell these stories from like back in the day and back in Greece. And I'm like, these stories kind of suck. Like some of them are good to be fair, but like some of these stories are like, oh cool. You were like, what, playing soccer? Wow. Groundbreaking. I mean, yeah. I mean, as is the case with most inside jokes. Because, yeah. like, if you've ever tried explaining an inside joke to someone on the outside, like, it obviously never goes over as well because it's one of those things where you had to be there. You have to know the person that, um, that you and but, your friend are joking about. But I think about. in this case, it also kind of is about, like, how relationships die in a sort of way. Like, when, yeah. you're, when you just drift apart from people and you, like it doesn't doesn't work anymore in the same way like i know i have friends that like after a while we were just like you know this like it drifted and drifted and drifted and then we don't see each other anymore and like maybe if we see each other again like we maybe hit it off but i think we'd only hit it off in terms of the nostalgia you know yeah. what i mean we wouldn't actually get along like i feel like we just tell the same stories we lived through and then we'd be like okay well See you later, you know? Yeah. It's I mean, sad. Yeah, no, you definitely outgrow friends after a while. I think in part because from the age of, you know, 16 when you're in high school to the age of 25, which is how old you are You meet are a now, lot of lot of different people. You meet a lot of different people, but you also, you grow up or you don't grow up, but your your interests evolve, your identity shifts. Like yeah. so many, so many changes happen right. over the course of that decade. I think that's one of the most important decades of our lifetime from our teenage years to our 20s that to, you know, you, you might turn around at the age of 23 and find out that your best friend is not the same person he was when you were 16 years old or that you yeah. aren't the same person you yeah. were when you were 16 and your best friend still is and you can't really communicate. Or right, I think that that's anymore. when I drift, I, I kind of drifted apart when I saw people like not stepping up in the same way that I was or like I would be here and then they would still be at a different place. And I was like, oh, damn, we're just not in the same places in our lives. And it's just not, it's kind of sad. It, it's just kind of sad. I mean, yeah. but It is because you do have so much history with those people. Yeah. And you want someday to be able to share that history with, you know, your own children or um, your new friends or whatever. Right. I mean, I, you know, I always Or with love, like Mike. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always, I always love having, um, you know, I have like three friends I grew up with and where the three of us are very, the four of us, like we're all very different people. We're all still really good friends, but I do have that moment of pride whenever I'm hanging out with friends that I've just met or friends that I've just made and my old friends. And I'm like, yeah, like this has been my best friend since we were four and we've been through so much together and here are right. our stories. Like there is that moment of pride. Like, wow, like I've maintained a friendship now for 20 years right. with someone. I and mean, that's how I am with my friend, Michael. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just like, I mean, he's our friend, Michael. I know he's it's... our friend, Michael, but he's my best friend, Michael, bitch. So okay, get over we're, it. Okay, we're going to see about this. I'm going to touch <laughs> Michael right now. Why don't you suck my dick? I hate you. Um, Mike but... is also positioned in this episode as a proxy son to Archie. Yeah. 
which I think is evident in that final scene, which I think was a throwaway. We can get to that in a little bit. But yeah. I think it's very clear that, you know, Mike is kind of like a proxy son because he is there for this entire party and he's like serving drinks and whatever. And, you know, Archie keeps like looking to Mike for approval the way that a father would look to his son. So you have that kind of parallel relationship, you know, Mike and Archie and Eddie and his son who wants nothing to do with him. So on one hand, Archie looks up to Eddie as, you know, the paragon of success, someone who has made it in life, someone who yeah. has done what Archie wishes he could have mm -hmm. done. But Archie has the personal success because even though he and Mike bicker a lot, right. there is a lot of relationship. love there. They do, they do love each other. And it even gets to a point where it, even in the beginning of the episode, Mike and Archie fight at some point, but... Archie says something really insulting to Mike and Mike just doesn't even respond at yeah. this point. Like he's just immune to it. And right. I think he, and I think in part because he does recognize that deep down Archie does love him. He yeah. is, he is the son that Archie never had. Right. I mean, and he still has such a close relationship with his daughter. Like she lives, you know, they all live in the same house and it's like, that must be very nice. It's for all him. in the family. It is yes. all in the family, but it is nice. It, it is nice. It's nice. I don't know. I mean, not to to get really personal, but one of the reasons I did you know, I moved back from LA was like I found myself in a place of like yeah I was really getting successful like career wise, but like otherwise I was tremendously unhappy, and I was like, do I want to live here for the rest of my life and just have this feeling, or do I want to be with people that I really love and spend time with them? And like yesterday, I just had this moment where I was like holding my nephew, and and like my like it was actually this morning, like. My family was like, we're all together. And like the dog was running around and like my nephew was like chilling and we were all like playing with him. And I was just like, yeah, this is like, this is nice. This is, I feel successful in this because it's like, we're all here together. I don't know. I've really related to this episode the second time I watched it. I was like here for it. This was great. Yeah. Um, anyway, but um, yeah. And it's, I mean, you can say that this episode, the easy, the easy story that this tells is money can't buy happiness, but it's so much more complicated than that because it's like what defines success in terms of, is it money? Is it financial? Is it just like career? Is it family? Is it, cause it's not like, I think it's like not as simple as like, it, it, it's just your family. It's a lot of things. And the episode is framed by financial concerns. Right. I mean, again, you know, the episode. Right. Exactly. Right. I mean, the episode opens up with, Mike and Gloria advocating for a free clinic and Archie saying you should work for your money and you yeah. shouldn't get anything free and you should be entitled. And, you know, the, the episode is so concerned with money. Right. It's so concerned with financial success. And then, you know, we see... But to be... Like, that's my, how my parents are to a certain... Like, they're so obsessed with money. And I'm like, at a certain point, you, I have to just be like, okay, I acknowledge it. Most of America, like, you know, America doesn't run on Duncan. America runs on money. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it, it does. I think that's one of the main reasons people voted Donald Trump in is they just thought he was a good businessman and they were going to pay fewer, ta like, pay less taxes and he'd get them more money at the end of the day. He was going to pay, he was going to pay attention to the middle class. Right. Like, that was one of the main reasons I heard, like, one of the most logical reasons I heard people voting for him. Of not of not just like okay well he's crazy they even people would be like he's crazy but I think he's gonna help me out in the long run you know mm -hmm. what I mean where I'm like okay well that's the thing is like America runs on money yeah it kind of does to a certain capitalism extent. capitalism yeah. it just capitalism. does I mean capitalism is predicated on 
finite resources. The idea and that I mean, one person's success means another person's failure because there is just not right. enough success to but go around. But it's a sad concept nation. to realize that like people would rather have fewer taxes than somebody that respects the rights of everybody. Like right. I feel like that's what was sobering to me was realizing like money runs America so hard is that enough people voted this guy in because they felt like, okay, well, you know, he's just going to help me out money wise. I'm just going to be making more money. It's going to be money, 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 money. And they were just like, yeah, well, he says this and this and that. He says, grab, grab him by the pussy. Well, it's like, yeah, but like, think about the tax cuts. And that's kind of what that was. And I was like, oh, that's so, it was a hard lesson. Yeah, (laughs) it was. And my, even my parents and like my brothers were just like, they just shrugged at me and they were like, money fucking runs the world. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fair. No, it's kind it does. of sad. But it doesn't make you happy. No, def- <laughs> definitely not. Especially now that not you Eddie Frazier. That Trump isn't going to do anything. Yeah, for he's your not money doing shit, job. so like, it's fine. Um, he's going to give tax cuts to the Eddie Frazier of the exactly. world. Exactly. And, you know. Right. And that's okay because Eddie Frazier is going to be able to buy us all gift baskets. Yes, and, we'll get you know, cigars. It's going to be trickle-down economics. It's going to be trumped-up trickle-down economics all over again. Um, so, yeah. No, I thought that this was a good episode. Um, I just also... I can also see, especially if you were in the state that you were when you watched it, you said you were really sick and you were doped up on, like, NyQuil or something. Oh, yeah. Like I was in NyQuil, yeah. <laughs> and, like, I can understand not... Um, this episode not resonating with you no. immediately or not loving it immediately because it's not as heavy-handed or as... What's the word right. I'm It's for? not as, like, like social justice-y, as, I feel, as, as yeah. a lot of the other ones. It's like, this is kind of just like a... I think it's also a little more real than the other ones because this is, like, something that I, I think a lot of people face, like, daily. Yeah. Of, like, you know, people... Of, of even, like, people can relate to this just even their childhood of, like, hanging out with your parents' stupid friends. And you're just like, this is awful. So right. it's, like, very grounded, I feel. Absolutely. Yeah. I think this is also the happiest we've ever seen, Archie. Oh, he's happy, like, yeah. he's so thrilled. Like, he gives him a hug. Like, that's the most, you know, contact or affection that we've seen him show. Right. Even ever. with his friends, too. Yeah, exactly. He's, like, so happy to his be with them. His ugly friends. His ugly-ass friends. And his one ugly, of, poorly-dressed, unfunny, One of them was wearing, like, friends. these weird neon orange socks, and I was just like, this is so nasty. They all, they're all wearing very aggressive, vibrant colors. Like royal blue blazers with, like, yellow shirts and, like, lime green ties. Like, they look so bad. It was awful. Like, I know it was the 70s, but holy shit. Like, they're Jesus supposed to be the Christ. conservative generation. What That's the, the fuck thing. are they doing? And, like... You know, I feel like, okay, it was acceptable for ABBA to wear that. They were on stage touring the world. But, like, there's no reason you have to be in Queens somewhere in someone's house wearing that fucking outfit. In Archie Bunker's house God. wearing that fucking wearing hideous that outfit. Gay-ass Whereas outfit. Whereas Archie wears the same thing every single every day. Every episode. Wow. Every single day. That costume designer was so fucking blessed. Made so much money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> every day. No, what should the mod podcast be called? Because this is all the podcast. Should it be, like, modcast? The Modcast, yes. The, the pod mod. No, 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 no. I like modcast. Better. Okay, modcast is what it's gonna be. Okay, great. We figured it out. You guys, you guys witnessed the inception of this idea. <laughs> what should the Jeffersons one be called? Uh, I know Good Times would be called Good Podcast. <laughs> God damn it! This is way too much pressure. I've had enough. The Jeffersons, <laughs> the, the Jeffercast. No, that's stupid. Okay, bye guys. Bye guys. <laughs> All in the Family was recorded on tape before a live audience.